Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. We got one of our good buddies, uh, Robbie Wade, here with us. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Hello everyone. Kapowie. Robbie, I was going to ask. Okay, so I heard Bam Margera got arrested this week. Y'all know who Bam is? Yeah, from from Jackass. Yeah, Yeah. we have Johnny Knoxville's buddy. And he got arrested on a citizen's arrest. A citizen's arrest, actually. Really? Yeah, the only time I'd ever heard of that was on the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah. Like, is, is that a common thing? Theme. We are asking. Robbie is a police officer. Yeah. For those of you guys uh, that that didn't remember that from season season past, season whatever that was, the Van Halen episode. Is that a common thing that happens? It's like, not a common thing. It does not happen regularly. Okay. it can happen. It's on the books. It absolutely can happen. Yeah, it's such so, a weird. So generally, yeah, yeah. Well, so what we would do uh, if you were on patrol and and you responded to a call. And your complainant says, I'm affecting a, a citizen's arrest on this guy for such and such. If you're smart about it, you're going to kind of go over, okay, now, what happened? What did you see him do? Uh-huh. Does that actually violate you know, this law, this ordinance, whatever? Uh, okay, so then you explain to them, because a lot of times the people who say, I want a citizen's arrest, really don't. Because uh-huh. uh, really, what happens is we agree to, okay, well, we'll transport him to jail. And then you go swear out the affidavit. Well, how do I do that? Well, you got to go over here and talk to the magistrate. <laughs> well, I want to talk to the magistrate. Okay, well, th- then, they're, then they're not under arrest. <laughs> yeah, so so that's kind of how that works. Well, it's nice to have a, a, an educated person in this topic with us in his uh, colored of blue and black uh, apparel. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Rob. So today, Robbie, you want to tell him what song we're talking about? Go ahead. No, I don't. Rob, do you want to tell what song? He was offended by your segue (laughs) pretty hard. My segue was not as good. (laughs) He's like, you suckered me into talking about police procedurals right now. (laughs) It's like a push on a shove. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't. Really didn't mean much. Uh, Good job. All right. I'm super excited about this one. This is Blue on Black by the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band. That snare. I just love the the sound of this album. It feels like home, you know what I mean? Change a thing, don't bring you back. Blue on black. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, sir. This is the first time that we have covered a blues song oh my in four seasons it's of the podcast. It's taken us way too long. It seems, it, right? It seems like that's kind of wrong. Like, I mean, we were literally all in a blues band together called the Chattanooga Blues. Because we're creative. And we made, our, we made a, a, a free website. For, through Yahoo, right? And we put on it... GeoCities. GeoCities, right? yes. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a GeoCities yeah. Yahoo website. And uh, we literally put like a couple pictures up of, you know, us playing. <laughs> and then we put... The, the piece de resistance was... Uh, that we put voted Chattanooga's best new Blue. blues band right on the website, which was true, but it was we voted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, show of hands, yeah, exactly. yeah, we're in. yeah, we think we're the best. Yeah, oh god, we had that smash hit Trouble Sweet Trouble. Yes, oh man, listen, oh, man. your boys here can write some blues. It, let it, let it, let it not be said <laughs> that we can't write some actual blues songs because we can, we can. And we'll come play your uh, child's birthday party. Yeah. Bar mitzvahs, whatever. Coffee house. We're down. Our regular. Job acoustic was our jam. That's right. We had a regular gig. (laughs) Magic shows. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Math dance. Math dance. Yes. Move off a theta dance. We We did also play the Tropicana Room. We We did. did, Yes. To be fair, yes, we did play the Tropicana. Robbie got married and had his celebration at the Tropicana Room. That's right. He's a baller. And he played blues at his own wedding. Yes. He played Kenny Wayne Shepherd. We did blue. Or we did uh, King's Highway. That's yes. right. We yeah. did. We played yep. King's Highway. We yep. did King's Highway together. Outstanding. Good tie-in. Wow. Well done. It's so, all full circle. So, in other words, <laughs> what we're saying is, we have one of the true original legendary blues sidemen with us today. That's right. And that is JP. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that is R O Wade. You got to go by initials That's if right. you're going to be a blues sideman. It's you got to at least or, or go by three names or initials. You know I what know I mean? Who has a really great Blues name? I do know. Who, who is it? Uh, your brother. Yes. 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 His brother's name is Danny Lee Wade. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was born to be a blues guy. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, Danny's Danny's a, a, an incredible uh, musician in his own right. Uh, but, man, let me tell you, Robbie Wade, Robert Owen Wade Jr., that's, pre- that's a pretty decent blues name, too, right? I mean. Um, <laughs> that sounds like an old blues guy. Yeah. Like, that's like old blues. Yeah. Robbie Robbie plays with a ferocity fast that is it's unmatched. Intense. Yeah, it's he attacks <laughs> it, and it's the, the tone is 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 fierce. Yep, the attack is fierce. The chops are fierce. He doesn't sneak into a room. No, when he plays a solo, it's <laughs> no. like I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> like yes, exactly. The 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 solo enters the room. You know, ten seconds before he does. That's right. Yeah, that's good. That's well said. Yeah, and the way uh, he could joke that I was the side man, but there's three of us here, and it's like we well, got to have a bass player. Yep. And how do you determine who plays bass? Well, which one of the three does not have the chops of the other? So I am surrounded by two wonderful blues guitar players to talk about a great blues song, a great song on a blues album. Yep. Would you call this a blues song? I would call it a blues New song, blues. but I, it's yep. not a traditional blues. Um, what do you call it? Uh, form, uh-huh. right? Yeah. But I, I'd still, yeah, it's a blues song, Absolutely. with so how, crossover appeal. So, how do you define a blues song? Oh man, I think I feel like it's in your soul. <laughs> you right? feel it. Like yeah. No, I think like you just know it when you hear it or oh, yeah, is is there something about a song that's is there a litmus test? Right. Is there a litmus oh, that's test? A great, it's a great phrase. It's a great question because that that makes me ask myself if I heard this song not as part of a Kenny Wayne Shepherd band album, right? If it was 
if if JP said, hey, my neighbor wrote this song, right? Would I go, that's a blues song? I'm not sure I would. I but would. I, but I think there's some context involved, right? Mm-hmm. Me going, this is a blues artist. And so that then that then informs my thinking about the song. The thing that would make it feel like a blues song to me is his guitar tone. It, absolutely. Which it's like that's a blues solo. Yeah. Like that's a, those are blues licks. True. Thus making it a blues song. Yes. But then you can't say it has to have a blues guitar sound to be a blues song because there's a lot of blues that don't even have a guitar yeah. in it. There's, sure. You know, blues so, organ. Yeah, blues. Yeah, and piano, and you know, you've got your your yeah. Um, lit, while we're while we're here. While we're talking about foundationally the blues, let's talk about the blues scale. Okay. We might have mentioned this in a previous episode somewhere because the blues scale is incredibly popular for lead guitar, right? It's one of the things that gets played the most often. Um, And I know we've talked about a minor pentatonic scale, which is if you're in the key of, let's say, A, A, because it happens naturally on a a piano. um, If you were to just play white keys on a piano... Uh, you could make a pentatonic scale by going one, three, four, five, seven, and then one, right? Okay, so that's the pentatonic scale. And so a minor pentatonic scale, which would be A, C, D, E, G. That's the root. It's a flat third, a fourth, a fifth, and a flat seventh, okay? Now, to that's your minor pentatonic scale. You add one more note called the blue note, and it makes it a blues scale, and that would be a D-sharp slash E-flat. So you would go... A, C, D, D sharp, E, G, A. I don't know if I'm actually in key. That we would don't know what get. That was be a minor miracle. Pretty close. But, um, but uh, so that's what makes a, a blues scale. And so there's this sort of a shape that guitarists learn that is sort of this box, right, that goes from the top of the neck to the bottom of the neck. And, and it's real easy to stay in that box and do lots of cool creative stuff. And, of course, you get outside of it too, but – one of the first lead things that blue that that uh, guitarists learn is like a blues scale and blues licks because they're so universal. You can use them in all kinds of music. It translates to you know everything. But I think you're right. Part of what informs is this a blues song? Isn't this a blues song? Is what's the lead instrument doing? Mm-hmm. Right? If he's playing, um, you know, if he's in a if he's in like a a major mode. Or, you know, some sort of, or even in a, in a song that's maybe funkier, something of like a Dorian mode or a Mixolydian mode. This that song we've is talked in about D, before, for those of y'all that are, and he can put it, if he played an F sharp note right. while he was playing here instead of an F, yeah. I wouldn't consider this a blues song with that note. Right. And one of the other, one of the other benchmarks of blues playing is that, that um, you get chords that's, that aren't necessarily major or minor. A lot of times you get what's called a ninth chord, which would be a root third, fifth, seventh, ninth. So in the key, in the key of D, now they don't do it on this song. You don't get nine chords. It's more of just a – it's a, it really a chords without a third as a far as the five. D chord. It's just a D5, D5. chord. It doesn't have a, an F sharp or an F in it. Um, and it allows you to take that third of a blues scale and kind of put a little extra English on it. You can bend it up a little bit, and it becomes almost a major but not really, and that gives you some extra – blueness to kind of get in and out of too, you know, some extra, um, extra mojo. So there's some theory for you guys that have been asking for more theory. Yeah. There you go. There's your, there's your lesson. There's your theory for the day. Um, but, uh, so, so what do Robbie, do you think this is a blue song? Do you, would you call this a blue song? Uh, I'd call it a bluesy song. Okay. I don't think I would call it a, a blues like song. Blues rock. Yeah. 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 Um, 
I don't think uh, – I think it's got more to do with the feels. I think I think it's more – you know it when you hear it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a song can be very bluesy and not be a blues song. That's right? Okay, so if we change the, the genre from blues to, say, country, what makes a country song country? Mm-hmm. You might have a country song that is very uh, rockish or has blues. You know, that's a bluesy country – it's yeah. a country song, yeah. but it's bluesy. Or that's a rock song that's got a little bit of twang in it or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Uh, but uh, all, all of your theory is very, very cool and impressive, but I, I really don't think that it factors in that. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not important at all. Yes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, mostly. The, uh, but no, I think it's uh, – if it moves you – actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caveat that one more time. Okay. I think, I think you have to have credentials. And, okay. And, and I think those credentials are just you get to credential yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you can declare yourself uh, if you're into the blues or not. Right. But it's got to be genuine. You've got, you've got to be. I I. Everybody thinks the blues are cool. Right. So you can't just dig the blues and have that count. That's not it. That's a different thing. That's a different. Everybody nods their head the same way. Right. When the when the live band on stage slips from whatever else they were doing. Yeah. Into that twelve bar like blues. Sweet Home mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah. 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 So if that affects you, then you're just normal. That's not it. That's that's not that's not what I'm talking about. But if you uh have a genuine interest beyond the normal, beyond the average in the blues, I think that gives you some sort of credentials just in your own head mm-hmm. uh, to to confidently declare whether or not, oh, you know, that's bluesy, but that's not the blues. <laughs> I don't I don't quite taste it yet. Right. And it's it's not it's not exactly right. Needs more seasoning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, this is from a great album. Yeah. Um, oh, man. It's from Trouble Is, which is Kenny Wayne Shepherd's second album yep. after Lead Better Heights. Um, and I, I, most of the times we pose these questions that I throw out, we just kind of do them off the cuff, but I, I prepped both of them that the question I was going to ask. If you could see your dream show, like your dream blues gig with three artists playing an album all the way through, of their own. Of their own. Right. This one would be on my list, and I'll tell you what my show is, and then I'll hear what y'all's. I would have this as the opener. Kenny Wayne Shepherd would open, playing Trouble Is. Second would be John Mayer Trio doing Try. Oh, that's a good one. I which is a good it. one that I like. And third, I'm maybe on others' list, but would be Clapton doing From the Cradle. Which is his album. A lot of it, granted, are covers. Sure. But, but it, how much but of blues? most blues is covered. Yeah, yeah. So that's my dream show. It would be Kenny Wayne Shepherd opening, uh, John Mayer next doing Try with the John Mayer Trio, and Eric Clapton closing it out with From the Cradle. That's a good one. Robbie, what's your take on John Mayer as a blues artist? Do you consider him authentic to the blues when, he, when he's playing blues stuff? Do you, <laughs> does, he, does it hit you right? Does it have the spice? He plays blues well. Yeah. Okay. He he plays blues well. He plays blues guitar well. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll take yeah. that because uh, Robbie, because that's a compliment. There's, there's, there's something uh, you know. Uh, his his. If I'm listening to him play guitar, and it makes me smile, and yeah. I get to kind of daydream about myself doing that exact same thing, note right. for note, lick for li- then, then yeah, you, yeah, you pass that smell test. Okay. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Does, do I, you know, buy it? If if see. Within the context of the song, be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. You want to write a song, the speaker in the song could be whoever they want to be. Doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't matter, right? Um, but when the song's over, don't act like you're that guy. Okay. You're John Mayer. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I okay. Don't be pretentious. Uh, yeah. You can be, you can write a pretentious 
character in your song, and that can be the first person speaker of the song. That's that's that sounds kind of fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it, it don't don't make it more than it is. Okay, it, it's something we all kind of plug into. We don't have to have this genuine start from from poverty or or the back streets of Memphis or or whatever. We can all get there, and, and we can all we can all experience it without trying to sell ourselves as no 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 no. No, when I write the blues, yeah, I really mean it. Right. You don't understand. <laughs> and for those of you y'all that understand. were curious, nothing has changed since the first time Robbie came on. He's still the smartest guy in the room. Right. He's going to sound a lot more polished and smart. <laughs> Me and Robbie are like, this is awesome. <laughs> Robbie comes in and eloquently waxes wonderfully. Yeah. So, the difference have in, you back, Robbie. So we had, we had Joey Abbott on with us last week. Yeah. And the difference in Joey and Robbie Joey comes in and takes our goofy level uh, uh, another notch, right? Robbie brings it back and he's like, "I'm so much smarter than yeah, the rest Rob, of you guys." Robbie and comes in, and go, Rob, <laughs> Robbie comes in with a side eye and goes, "You're being kind of dumb." <laughs> like, <laughs> but you need some one of these in but every. That's group. what I love Absolutely. about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm right. Okay, so y'all's dream show three artists. Uh, go ahead, we'll go Robbie next. All right, uh, JP, I love you, man. Uh huh. Freaking hate this question. Really? I do. I do. It's. It, I'm going to tell you why I hate it. Okay. Tell me I'll what you don't why. like about it. Okay. The first thing I, I just kind of scanned over the text. Uh, uh, like and, and acknowledge. Okay. okay, okay. That's what okay. I got back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Sidebar. All right. For anybody that's a future guest on the show, it sounds like a lot of fun. Hey, you want to come be on the show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We're going to do this song. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you listen to it thirty times between now and then. what? No, what are you talking? about? just just make sure you're you okay. Okay. And then a few days before, you'll get a text. All right. Here's the assignment. Right. <laughs> At least I gave you a heads up. Most of the time, we don't even prep for it. It's like yeah. Rob off the cuff. What do you got? I think that would have been better. Okay. I think oh, that really? would have. I, I think that would have been better. Okay. okay. So initially, I read the text and I, I misread it. Like I think you did too. And yeah. it's just. Top three, top acts. three shows, top okay. top three acts. Yeah, right? I wanted to and tie so, it into the album, and so that list I was able to kind of okay. Let me put together, you know. And this is not necessarily the greatest or the best just or whatever. This is just me, me. If I got to pick, pick sure. it myself. Starts right? with ten, goes down to five. Opens up with Room Full of Blues. Okay. Mm. Then goes to Anthony Gomes. Oh, and we knew it. Sorry. I figured yeah. Anthony yeah. Gomes would make it. And then goes to Joe Bonamassa. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Here's why I hate your question. Okay. <laughs> because your question had the caveat: each person has to play through. An album. Their album. That's yeah. dumb. Oh, I think <laughs> That's it's brilliant. dumb. That's dumb. It's okay if they can do that and other stuff, right? If okay. it was like Kenny Wayne Shepherd gets to play through one whole album and then he does like then an, an another, encore. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I felt like, okay, now we're limiting it to just an album. Okay. An album. Who does that? I saw Dream <laughs> Theater do it. Does yeah. that? It was freaking was cool. Say, is, that, is that all they played? Bands no, with concept records. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and, and blues are rarely... The only time a blues album is a concept record is if it's a live recording of the Chattanooga Blues set because <laughs> Rob couldn't – it's like we can't play this song after that song because he breaks up with the girl in this song. And it's, with the girl. <laughs> it's like stop doing that. That is not what this is about. That's good. That's funny. Crafting a, we're crafting a narrative. We're making a story. Yeah. So we're not. We're not. We it's the second m- set of three. <laughs> we're not. We did play a lot of songs for a long period of time at those yeah. Java Acoustic shows. Three log sets of yeah. blues. Yeah, we did. We did three three full hours once a week. It was yeah. a lot of fun. That was great, man. Great fun. Okay, okay. We, we only did like five songs a set too. We were and we, we were like jam we blues. Them. Oh yeah. yeah. Heavy, okay, so then I thought about your question. I thought about. <laughs> okay, we're still. I thought about uh, uh, one album per per artist per se. Okay. So what I don't like about and this is me personally because I, I I just don't I don't have the knowledge because that limits me right off the bat. 
strictly to albums that I know mm-hmm. and that I'm familiar uh-huh. okay. with. Okay, because right? there's others that so you may not know. So Bonamassa is off my list immediately. I don't have any of his albums. Okay. I don't know. I mean, singles and... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I even have one of his singles. Mm-hmm. I know who he is. I'm familiar with him, mm-hmm. but I, I don't... Okay. Yeah. So start to finish, any one of his albums, I don't know. Okay, that so, makes that so, so, so I'm limited right off the bat, and I just don't... Brace yourselves. I just don't sit around and listen to music like I used to. I know, I know, I know, I know. So I found myself having busy working to, man life. I found myself having to go back and and kind of look through and like, oh, what was on this album? Right. Uh-huh. What, what was on yeah. that? What, how would I? How would I do? So I really, I had and I had some questions because I wasn't sure if Clapton counted. Okay. Oh, I, yes. All right. So Absolutely. he he plays blues music, but yes. is he a blues artist? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right, right. Okay. Well, okay. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh, so he had the uh, he's got two albums, and you got to help me out with the titles of the albums. Okay. But the, there's there the second one is Sessions for Mr. Johnson. Me, me and Mr. Johnson. Me and Mr. Johnson. Okay. Okay. And the second one is Sessions for Robert J. Okay. So it was like songs that for whatever reason didn't fit on the on the yeah. first one. Okay. Yeah. So the first one mm-hmm. um, Sessions for Mr. Johnson, right? Me, uh, me and Mr. Me Johnson. Me and Mr. I think Johnson. It's the first one, okay, right? yeah. So that's going to be on my list. That's probably that's going one. to. Uh, yeah, that's probably going to headline. I think we're going to open up with Anthony Gomes' Unity. Unity. Okay. I, I, thought, I thought that yeah. would be on your list. Yeah. 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 Anthony Gomes' Unity and. Uh, Ledbetter Heights from Kenyon. Okay. Oh, there we go. Deja Voodoo. Thank you for yeah. begrudgingly powering through the list, Robbie. That's a wonderful <laughs> set. Up very similar, Rob. We should say, by the way, I want to say, if oh, you, living artist. If I you're listening, yes, living artist yeah, only. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have we have an interview at the end of this episode with the uh, keys player and organist for the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band, uh, Jimmy Wallace, and uh, we're really excited about that. And we talked to him about um, he he talks to us a little bit about the Ledbetter Heights album and found out something really interesting about uh, Ledbetter Heights that I did not know. And so there's a little teaser for you to catch up with yeah, uh, Jimmy at the end stuff. of the episode. Um, I, I was really interested about it. But yeah, I wondered, I, I thought if you picked a Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band album that mm-hmm. you might go Lead Better Heights. I thought you preferred it to this one. Do you know why I went with Lead Better Heights? No. It's the one I'm most familiar with. Okay. okay. And I had to meet the criteria of the stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, from start to finish, it's the one that I would listen to uh-huh. the most start to finish. Everything yeah. else I would jump around. I mm-hmm. would, you know, spot check. Yeah. But uh, Kenny Wynn Shepard, he's got to make the list. And, good job. And, and that's your album. Led Better Heights. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. Rob? Uh, all right. I am going – actually, two of mine have already been covered. Actually, I think three of mine. I don't <laughs> Rob's know. list is so, done. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going <laughs> Trouble Is okay. to, to open. We'll do Same Trouble Is to open. I'll go uh, Joe Bonamassa, Black Rock. Okay. Album because he knows the album because he knows the album yeah. right yeah um and uh, and I'm going from the cradle okay. Clapton third to close it out so, yeah. cool I enjoyed the question yeah Thank absolutely you guys. yeah from the cradle that was that was Ooh, that's a heavy hitter yeah the number one selling blues album of all time how about that is it really it is yeah and hmm. with good reason I mean just yeah. sixteen tracks monster oh my yeah. gosh yeah it's and the, good. The, one of the best experiences ever is the first time that I listened to that album front to back in one sitting and you get through this I, I may have even talked about this before I don't know but you you get to the end of this album and the last track 
is like this super slow, slow. shuffle. Oh, my goodness. And it's yes. and then he comes in. It's it's called yeah. a, is it called Grown in the Blues? Yeah. Oh man! And he in the first line is I'm so tired of moaning. And it's yeah. like oh my gosh, that's the yeah. perfect way to end it's that. All, the yeah. album's only an hour, but it it's it's draining. It feels like a lifetime. It's draining. It's draining. And the last song. I don't know how long it is, but it feels like it's 42 minutes yeah. long. Yeah. And that's because it's so slow. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's just. We used to play it once or twice, and I was like, Rob's like, slow it down. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, I'm like, really? Too fast. Like, too fast. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a great. Oh, I love that album. I love it. I love it. I, love it. I would love to see Clapton again before, uh, before I, I, you know, I know he's done like touring properly, but he's doing some spot stuff here and there. I would love to catch him one more time before he's Never seen all the it. way done. Oh man, never oh, seen. Man. Great. But you have seen Kenny Wayne Shepherd, right? Open for Bon Jovi, was that right? Uh, no, who did you see Kenny no, Wayne? Didn't you no, see Kenny I've Wayne? I've seen Sh- Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I used to know off the top of my. It's either seven or eight times. Oh, oh wow. my gosh, never mind then. Yeah, Holy but it, but it it's been it's been a while. Yeah, oh man, I've yeah. I've, I've seen him yeah. twice. That's have awesome. you seen him at all? I've never seen him. No. Okay. Did you see him open for Bon Jovi? Did somebody see him open mm. for Bon Jovi? Why did he open for? I know he opened for Van Halen. Okay. Van Halen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not to confuse those. That's a horrible comparison. Yeah. Way to go. Sorry, I just knew he opened for. We run a music podcast. That's right. And <laughs> <laughs> we love Van Halen. Anyway, yeah. That's who no, we did with Robbie last I would have I would have loved like that would have been top tier show to see Kenny Wayne Shepherd open for Van Halen. Like if you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. That would have been that would have nice. automatically you put saw that, that show. It was nice. Okay. Yeah. okay. That was. was the show where I was in the third row. Oh, that's when you got, got the pick. Got the picks. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what, yeah. So I saw wow. Kenny and Eddie, yeah, third row. Yeah. That's yeah. man. Yeah, that's a good show. Man. He was on tour for this album. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, so you've already seen this album live. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. And okay, so here's an interesting tie-in. We're going to bring this all together. You ready? Uh, this song went uh, number t- number one on the uh, on the blues uh, mainstream rocks. Excuse me. This song went to number one atop the Billboard mainstream rock songs chart in April 1998. And you know the song it knocked out of the number one spot. Right now. Without you. Without you. Oh, by Van man. Halen with Without Gary Sharon. Never you know forget. That you saw the tour with Gary Yes. <laughs> that, that song went number one Holy with Gary Sharon. Really? It's a great song. I would have yeah. picked Fire in the Hole. Man. Off that album. People, people knock that album. It's really good. Like, it's got some weirdness mm-hmm. on it. And it's, it. Ballad of the Bullet is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but the album is very enjoyable and it's got some real bangers on it. And yeah. so, Blue on Black knocked that wow. song from number one off the mainstream rock charts. How about That's awesome. that? Good Do you job. think it would have knocked that song out if it had been somebody other than Sharon? Is that song different with. Uh, with Sammy Hagar, with Sammy Hagar. or or uh, Roth. Roth. Well, I don't think the song would have been written with, without Sharon because he probably wrote the lyrics. So it's that problem. Sure. That song yeah, probably does not exist without Gary Sharon. Right. But, but uh, just imagine hypothetically, pretend we're playing like a JP game or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> you get to write one Van Halen album. With, uh, <laughs> Here are the six rules for your assignment. Start to finish. So, but do you think that song would have done better? With a different Van Halen lead singer, it's possible. It's possible. I kind of feel like, I kind of, I sort of feel like the general public was done with Van Halen by then. You know what I mean? That it was like Van Halen fans were keeping Van Halen stuff afloat by then. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. But the but the fact that that song went to number one, mm-hmm. given everything else, I mean, maybe I mean maybe there's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe there's still out there. So I don't know. Yeah. But this it it's it's possible because what happened is this song actually spent six weeks 
at number one in mainstream rock, but they were non-consecutive. Oh, that's so, right. It bounced out. So it bounced. Oh, in I didn't out. Yeah, six, okay, yeah. six different times it hit number it, one. All the different times it got knocked off by somebody? No. I should have done that research, but no, shouldn't have. I mean, I didn't. I should have, but I didn't. Um, but it was the top mainstream rock song of the year. It won the Billboard Rock Track of the Year Award That's in awesome. 1999, which was the year after it was re- released. So this was a crossover hit. Like this was yeah. a, a genuine, you know, it caught the ear of a lot of different people who like a lot of different kinds of music. And, um, and so it, uh, I mean, it really, I mean, it's still getting played now. And now you'll hear it on like classic rock stations like that's kind of the the genre that it best fits as far as mainstream radio you know what i mean or jack fm or yes or jack fm where they they play anything yeah um so i think it's got a broad appeal to the point now and we'll talk about this in a little bit that it's been covered now by five finger death punch and is getting a whole kind of other second life uh from that cover which i find really interesting um, do you want to go ahead and do the cover section since you hit it on? No, save let's, that for let's catch it later. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's catch it later. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the writers and, and the song and the album itself. Um, written by Kenny Wayne Shepard, Mark Selby, and Tia Sillers. Um, and Mark and Tia were a um, husband and wife like songwriting duo. Unfortunately, uh, Mark passed away in 2017 from cancer, and that sucks. Um, but uh, up until then, they were a powerhouse songwriting duo. And um, they had written more than 20 hit singles as a duo and even more as individuals. I think, uh, I think Tia had been a part of like 40 uh, um, hit singles or something like that. Uh, she co-wrote I Hope You Dance, the Leanne Womack song that to me personally is super annoying, but I get why people <laughs> like it. You know what I mean? She written a couple, couple books uh, based on that and, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, and he, he co-wrote uh, – the number one Dix, number one uh, Dixie Chicks song, "There's Your Trouble." You remember that song? There's your trouble. Um, so they, that country is kind of where they live, um, as far as their songwriting. But uh, between the two of them, they have more than thirty million plus sales to their names of, of songwriting credits. So, like, they're ser- serious. Good on you. <clears throat> yeah, they're a, they're a you know in the newer era. You know what I mean of songwriting duos. They're they're really up there. Um, and then, of course, you got Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and I know you'll talk about Kenny in, in the Meet the Band section, sure. but just a, a little bit on him. Uh, his dad was a radio personality and a kind of a, I think, a, a, like a part-time concert promoter, um, and he introduced him to Stevie Ray Vaughan at a young age, and he became fascinated with the guitar after that. Who wouldn't? You know what I mean? Uh, like, well, it's either uh, that or the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Um, do we want to meet the band? Do we want to go ahead and meet the band? Yeah, let's just okay, do it. let's meet them. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band of the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band. Uh, going to go in a little different order. Uh, most would think I would start with Kenny Wayne Shepherd, but he's not the vocalist on this. Mm. Which, for a Kenny Wayne Shepherd band, most would think Kenny Wayne Shepherd vocalist. No, the vocalist is a guy named Noah Hunt. Noah. Um, and actually, in the interview at the end, you'll hear a little bit neat, more commentary on the vocalists of this band. I Another teaser. love Noah Hunt as I a do vocalist. Too. I think he's oh my gosh. extremely strong. Um, he's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, grew up taking piano lessons, and he quit all music to play sports. He was going to do sports. Then he started singing, and so he's he learned guitar just to accompany himself when he's singing and he, he'll say i'm a self he's like i'm kind of a nerd i love to read books and play role-playing pc games 
So there you go. Awesome. Vocalist for Kenny. And he did not join the band until this album. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. And he's still with them. So, um, yep. so yeah. Um, Joe Nadu or Nadu is the other guitar player. So not much to say about him because he's the other guitar player. It's like the other guy from Wham. Yeah. 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 Very well said. Good job. Um, he did co-write and compose Led Better Heights, the song. So there you go. And it's a, huh. it's a good song, a little instrumental. Um, to be the other guitar player, you have right. a role in yep. that in that song. Uh, on keyboards, we would, we'll interview him at the end. We yep. hinted at it. Jimmy Wallace, uh, namely organ, pretty much on the, most of this of this product or project. Did stuff with Eagles, Aerosmith. I said Eagles. Good I didn't job. Say the Eagles. We're getting broken. Accidental. Uh, Black Crows, Gavin DeGraw. Big in the keyboard company, Nord. Now he plays Nords. Um, joined in 2013. He joined the Wall Wallflowers. And most recently, he's been touring with Joe Walsh. So, yeah. cool, cool dude. You have to hear a little bit more what about What kind him. of dude? Uh, bass, guy named Robbie Emerson. Played most recently with the country artist Jake Owen. Uh, you'll know him from that Barefoot Blue Jean Knot song that's all over the place right now. Before that, played with Jamie Pierce and Chris Cagle. He does the Chicks Dig It song. Um, on drums, Sylvester, go ahead. No, I, that just made me think of, I don't know the song. So the last thing I remember of somebody saying Chicks Dig It was, do you remember when it was a fake commercial that George Murison did? The guy who used oh, to play yeah. for the Washington yes. Bullets. It smells like cabbage, George. Yes. Yeah, Chicks Dig It. Chicks Dig It. That's awesome. He was Good like call. 80 feet tall. <laughs> so awkward. George Murison. Wasn't he in My Giant with Billy Crystal? Yes, he was. He was the Andre the Giant character in My Giant. <laughs> and that was when the Washington basketball team was still called the Bullets, the Bullets. Right. That was before they were the Wizards. I went and saw the Bullets play when they were still the Bullets. They played the Bulls. And my buddy was like, oh, we're going to go see the Bulls play the Bullets. I'm like, oh. they're not female bulls, DJ. <laughs> they are the bullets. <laughs> um, on drums, Sylvester Sam Bryant uh, was with Kenny Wayne Shepherd for a good bit, and then Heidi Newfield of Trick Pony. Um, so he's the drummer. On guitar uh, and uh, name of the band, Kenny Wayne Shepherd from Louisiana. We talk about that with the interview a little bit more about his Louisiana roots. Self-taught, doesn't read any music, got his first guitar at age four and was playing by age seven. Um, would write, rewind classic tapes, cassette tapes of Stevie Ray Vaughan and just learn, just playing along, trying to learn note by note how to play Stevie stuff on cassette. Um, at, age, we all? at age 13, he played uh, with blues music, musician Brian Lee on stage. And from then on, the rest is kind of history. Um, 2008, Fender released a Kenny Wayne Shepherd signature Strat. So if you got a Fender signature Strat named after you, you're pretty legit. Right. Uh, married Mel Gibson's oldest daughter, Hannah Gibson. Um, as long as he keeps her happy, he's probably set for life financially, right? So <laughs> I think he's probably yeah, he's not, probably okay. He's anyway. probably doing okay. Yeah. Um, he just gets to travel around and play the blues now. Um, and uh, we talked about how Robbie saw him open for for Van Halen. I even put that note in here. Open for Van Halen, Robbie. Didn't you see him on that tour? And I, <laughs> didn't even. That's funny. Well, I saw yeah. him open for Van Halen. I saw him uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band. Uh, they were they opened for Leonard Skinner the first time I saw them. Oh yeah. Uh, so the first the first act was uh, Paul Rogers. Oh, bad company. Oh, bad nice. company. Yeah. There you and go. And so, uh, and then Kenny Wynn Shepherd. I've seen him open for Van Halen. I've seen him headline. Uh, I've seen him at Riverbend. I've seen him at the Tivoli. Might have seen him at Memorial Auditorium in Chattanooga. Uh, I've seen him open for BB King. Okay. Oh, oh yes, oh. I have seen. BB I King. hate you for that. I did see BB King, but I've never oh, seen Kenny Wynn Shepherd. I'm not 100 percent sure you weren't there for that show. <laughs> I would no. I wasn't there. I remember being so mad that I couldn't be there. Oh, you know what? I don't even remember why <laughs> I couldn't be there. Um, I was getting two shows confused. They were both in Knoxville. Uh-huh. Uh, the one with Kenny Wayne Shepherd also had BB King, mm-hmm. and the one where you were there, we saw Creed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Creed and Seven Dust. I saw that tour in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so I want to. Why'd oh, you have to dog me out like that? Just so, uh, oh, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna fix it. I like right. took away all so, my cred. So all my creed. <laughs> all my creed cred. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah. So uh, this is a. Uh, this article is called "The Story of Kenny Wayne Shepherd's Blue on Black from '90s Crossover Hit to 2019 Super Team Smash." It's from May 1st of 2019 by Bobby Oliver. Here is a quote. Pretty frequent. Here is a quote from or recent. I mean. Kenny Wayne Shepherd. The guys who played on. Uh, they've got it in brackets here, so he didn't actually say Blue on Black. But the guys who played on Blue on Black were in Stevie Ray Vaughan's band Double Trouble, Chris Layton on drums, and Tommy Shannon on bass. Really? Yeah, I'd seen that too. I... We were recording the drums and bass for that song, and their flight was going to leave in an hour. Uh, Layton was literally in the middle of playing drums, and he's getting up from the drum kit as he's playing, trying to run out the door because he, was, he, because he doesn't want to miss his flight. We didn't even know if we had enough of them playing to really make the whole song work. Wow! So, How does it? Why don't they get any credit? They're not even. They're they're listed on the album credits as additional musicians. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, I I have I'm reading here's, through the line here's why I have right a hard time reconciling that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Here's if I'm if I'm going to be a skeptic about about the idea that it was Double Trouble, who was famously Stevie Ray Vaughan's backing band, right? Right. Um, yeah, it is listed as guest <clears throat> musicians on here. So is yeah. Reese Winans. And so um, James Cotton. So. The here's here's why like if they were elsewhere on the album uh, I mean obviously they're on the album right right here's why I wonder though if it was actually this song uh, and we should have asked we should have we asked should Jimmy ask about him. this yeah we were just talking um, to the keyboard player he but uh, because two two reasons one even in the in the article the name of the song is bracketed right that's editorial information right, right. so the 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 editor writer of the article is is inserting that because he believes it to be true right. based on context or something else. Right. Right. Okay. Um, or previous conversation. So, but there's a chance that that could be misunderstood or misconstrued. And, he, and here's the other reason I think that is because if you were going to pick one song on the trouble is album to have double trouble play on, it would not be it, blue no, and black. No, it would be one of the like more genuine blues yeah. songs. Right. I'll say that the brackets, I, I think Kenny Wayne Shepherd meant this song because he's being interviewed about the cover. Right, so this is an true. article about the cover. But, um, yeah, I'll throw in with you on maybe Kenny Wayne Shepherd got the songs confused. It's yeah. possible. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's yeah. Tw- 22 years ago. And he's 19 years old. Right. Yeah, he's a kid. That's true. Which was a huge appeal. To the three of us, yeah. of, of Kenny Wayne Shepherd yeah. at the time, is yeah. he's only three or four years older than we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were teenagers playing guitar, yeah. daydreaming about being famous, and he's mm-hmm. a teenage guitar player, yeah. daydream, you know, making it happen. And then came Johnny Lang, Johnny Lang, which, which made us mad because he was act like a year younger yeah. than yeah. us. <laughs> and then Shannon Kerfman, who was like two years younger <laughs> than us. Which, by the way, that Johnny Lang album, Wonder This World, was almost in my top three. Yeah. Was it? I love. Still raining. Gosh, that's a great way to kickstart an album. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, I just time. I just find that hard to swallow that it, that this would be the song that Double Trouble would be on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, if you're yeah, gonna that, have them, you're gonna have a blues song because it's it's yeah. it's a it's just a, a traditional blues song. Sorry, right? Not yeah, under blues this, but yeah. So, but anyway, so that is I, I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, where where it stands yeah. on this. So if if that article is accurately, <laughs> Jimmy, we'll call you back then, after this and find out for sure. Right? Yeah, I think it's more likely that that maybe. Kenny Wayne Shepherd himself is kind of yeah because this was the huge song off the album and right maybe that was a big moment in the studio yeah and so maybe that's yeah 
So I don't know. It's but it said it was the last song cut and almost didn't make the album, which is a popular, yeah. uh, popular item here, here, here on the podcast. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to know. We'll have to research that and maybe we can put something in the Facebook group once we clarify that. Because I even tried to dig a little more into it to see if I could get a one way or the other on it. And I, yeah. I wasn't able to find anything yet. But so we'll find that out. We'll suss that out. So we what, really did do some due diligence on this, though, guys. I didn't. I didn't at all. <laughs> so, uh, what about the uh, the keyboard player from Double Trouble, Reese Winans? Yeah. So he didn't say anything about Reese. Uh, obviously, Reese is on the album mm-hmm. in as spots, a guest musician somewhere section. as a guest musician. So, um, but I but I believe it was Jimmy on this track, and he's because he says in the, he tells us in the interview kind of what he was yeah. playing on yeah. it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. But Reese Winans is the so you've got the Double Trouble, which is uh, Chris Layton and Tommy Shannon. Right. And then if there was another player ever with Stevie, right. it was Reese Winans right. on organ or, or keys. And if all three of them were on this album, wouldn't it make sense that they were all three on the same song? Yes. I mean, likely, yes. So who knows? But uh, but so, yeah, Jimmy was, um, you know, but Jimmy was talking about playing on this song, mm-hmm. playing a Rhodes, a Fender Rhodes. So, so I don't know. I, I would like to – I'm going to have to look and find out more specifically where Double Trouble appeared on this album and yep. we can put that we'll put that out on the interwebs the well interwebs. I'll edit the Wikipedia page <laughs> make sure everybody knows <laughs> clarity wow so speaking of Kenny Wayne Shepherd, I, I did learn a few things about him that I didn't know uh, and, while doing my JP assigned research <laughs> uh, for the podcast uh, so I didn't know but I did learn that he was married to Mel Gibson's daughter mm-hmm. uh, I think does Kenny Wayne Shepherd have five kids I, don't I, know. I, I read something like I think he's got five kids. He moved them from the California area back to Louisiana. Louisiana. They live on the water out there. Uh, and he, I'm sweating he, just thinking about it. I know, right? <laughs> so he, I don't know how which order I want to tell this in. He uh, at age 25. I don't know what how old he was when he got married, but at about age 25, he decided he had seen enough people around him that he cared about have uh, uh, trouble with substance abuse and addictions, and so he went completely sober. Uh, right around then, I think, uh, he also converted to Catholicism, which probably had a lot to do with the hmm. Gibson family, if I had to guess. Hmm. Just as a Southern Baptist who knows what his favorite beer is and what his favorite liquor is, <laughs> when I think about the benefits of converting to Catholicism, it's not sobriety. LAUGHTER <laughs> I just thought that was odd. That's, yeah, yeah, it's funny because it's all happening at about the same time. Yeah, I, you know what? But that's because <laughs> that's the yeah. I mean, Mel Mel is Mel's pretty hardcore. You know? <laughs> so like, I mean, yeah. I don't know where his daughter sits, but like that, it does kind of stand a reason yeah. that maybe those things are connected. Yes. Yeah, certainly a lot of influence there. Yeah, very interesting. Um, let's see. You got anything else on Kenny? Uh, Are we gonna hear the I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw one more Kenny Wayne Shepherd okay. fact. I know that he was seven when he met uh, when he met Steve, Steve Ray Vaughan. Okay, so, so that was right in the cocaine yeah, era. I mean, that's that's like oh yeah, like, that's that's, tr- that's like super sweaty, coked <sighs> out all the time. Yeah. So that is playing at a club, right? Yeah, some club in Louisiana. So I mean, it's not like it's a TV show or something. Right. You know, like it, it's. I mean, he got to see what he became enamored with was the absolute raw. <laughs> So true. Yeah, yeah. This Steve, guy cranked Steve off Ray his mind playing the blues. Experience. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's this great, like, you can see sort of the before and after of Stevie Ray Vaughan 
in his two iconic Austin City Limits yes. performances. Yes. His yes. first one, he is coked out, and you can tell. Uh, he is sweating, sweating, sweating like oh, crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then his, his arms are sweating. Like, he can yeah, see it flinging. Just everywhere. Yeah. And I think he's wearing a silk shirt, too. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's something just super sticky everywhere. And then his second one, after he got cleaned up, he's like, he has a nice pinkish hue, and, you know, he's smiling <laughs> all the good. time. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. all right, life by the drop is over. All right, I get it. Um, <laughs> let's talk a, a little bit about, because... Uh, Listeners who are not as familiar with... <laughs> I don't know with, I thought you were saying. Let's talk a little bit about cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> talk a little bit about cocaine. Um, yeah. All I remember is uh, is Doyle Bramhall Jr. No, it might have been Doyle Bramhall Sr. Talking about being in the studio with Stevie and talking about literally the, the term he used was mounds of cocaine yeah. on the yep. organ. Yep. Like, you know... Like the Scarface movie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was, it was wild times, man. You know, you know how the blues be. Um, but let's talk about like generational blues talents that sort of, I feel like you can, <clears throat> I feel like you can trace Kenny Wayne Shepard back primarily as a guitarist to, to Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? Okay. And he yeah. is the, he is kind of the icon of our era or for people a little bit older than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stevie Ray Vaughan, you trace back directly to Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Mm-hmm. No questions asked, yeah. right? He was the he was the white Stevie, the carrier of the flame that mm-hmm. that you know that Jimmy lit, right? Um and then of course Jimmy, you go back to like the the legends of blues, you know, the 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 guys who are none of them are around anymore, you know what I mean? But some of the last of them would have been, you know, maybe like Freddie King, Albert King, Hubert Sumlin, uh Muddy Waters, um, uh, oh, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody very important. BB. Of course, yeah, Helen of course, Wolf. of course, BB Helen Wolf. Yeah, um, even uh, oh my gosh, I'm missing somebody very important. That's still playing. Come on, buddy, guy. Who sang Boom Boom? No, 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 oh. he's dead. Johnny John Hooker. Hooker. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know those guys, right? Um, and they they sort of incubated Jimi Hendrix, and then Jimi Hendrix gave birth to Stevie Ray Vaughan, and then Stevie gave gave birth to. All the all of us, all the yes, all the suburban <laughs> blues players were birthed by Steve Ray Vaughan. East Vine. Tennessee, <laughs> yeah, blues players, yeah. Um, That's good. So you know, it's just but and then we had these guys who came at, at were roughly our age who came about when we were teenagers and sort yeah. of did this blues rock revival. You know what I mean? That I'm so thankful for. I just love it. And that would be Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Johnny Lang and Shannon Kerfman. Um, and even Anthony Quayle's later toward the end of that, and and he's less directly, I think, influenced by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Anthony Gomes. What did I say? Anthony Quayle? <laughs> he's a li- Anthony Quayle. Thanks for listening, he's buddy. A supporter of the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Good luck on your new album. I said yes, <laughs> but yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan definitely gave birth to Anthony Quayle's. <laughs> Um, if you listen, if go listen to Anthony Quayle's albums and you tell me if you don't hear Stevie Ray Vaughan in there. Um, okay. Yes. Anthony Gomes, less influenced by, by, by Stevie than some of the others. But, uh, I think it, there was a, um, I think it was Buddy Guy that talked about Stevie's influence was, um, part of what he did was he reminded people that the blues was kind of a thing. <laughs> like it, yeah. it was, it was almost like blues was down to like just embers. And then Stevie came and sort of blew on that fire and, and said, Hey, there's, you know, I'm here and I'm awesome, but also you should remember that there's this legacy of amazing American music. Blues and jazz are the only American musical art forms that originated here. Um, and so, um, you know, Stevie was one of the guys to help kind of keep that from, you know, from sort of fading into obscurity. So yay for Stevie Ray Vaughan. 
Uh, I played one of his signature guitars one time when I was a kid. It's all I wanted. I wanted a Stevie Ray Vaughan signature guitar. Played one. Hated it. <laughs> Could not have hated it more. I don't. Wow. I don't know if. I, I don't know if it'd be different now. But as a kid, I picked one up. I don't know if it wasn't set up well or something like that. Yeah. But it was Got one like of those forty-two that they keep, gauge strings on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's way one of those. Too high. Yeah, and they keep it, you know, hanging up way high on the wall because they don't want anybody to touch it. Right. You know, and I'm like, can I play the thing? And, <laughs> and they're like, you're the kid that comes in and playing the Van Halen riffs all the time. If we let you play this, will you go away? And, uh, and I did not enjoy it. Did not enjoy it. That's awesome. Actually, you remember that guy at the Sound Post named uh, Perrin? Yeah, yeah, Perrin. If for, you're, you know for, what? For, for the listeners, the Sound Post. I don't, is, is it even around anymore? Did it, it become Ellen something? It's changed to, uh, but it's yes, it's kind okay. of reformed. It was, yes. that, that was the risen from the ashes. That was the guitar shop where we would go in Locally and, here, and yeah. ask for the expensive guitars off. Yeah. The, and and if you were known, they would kind of help you out. But there was a guy there named sure. Perrin. Yeah. Who we did not like. He, yeah. he worked there. He worked on the sales floor. Did he try to steal one of your songs that, or something? Yes, yes. <laughs> so we were playing a song, and he came up, and he's like, "Oh, that's really yeah. That's how, how do you, how are you doing? It's a riff based song, sure. Kenny Wayne Shepherd ish. Yeah. That that sort of that sort of feel. And um, and so he yeah he came up and he kept and so I I was oblivious. And I was, no, I play it like this. And said, oh, so so, so like, and so he starts kind of playing along, and you were there, and as soon as you walked off, you were like, dude. Trying to steal your song, <laughs> I was like that motherfucker. <laughs> and from that point on, for years, we used his name as a curse word. As a yeah, as a yeah, that's right, as a byword, <laughs> almost like Newman. You know what yeah, I mean? It was like, like parent, yeah. son of a parent, parent, yeah, parent, stupid piece of stupid parent, piece of parent. Thank yeah. you for the support, parent, for right. all the years of uh, that's right, parent. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening right now, parent, I just want to say yourself. from the from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> I like I like that I bring out the best in people. Anyway, before before we get into covers, um, do we think this is a well written song lyrically? I like all the comparisons that are too cheesy and predictable. The match on a fire, cold on ice. I don't like Joker on Jack because I feel like a Joker is stronger than the Jack. Where in all the others, it's something weaker on something else. I like where your head's at. Whisper on a scream. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, match on a fire doesn't matter. Joker on a jack kills a jack. In, in my mind. Unless you're, what? Well, it depends. A joker's going to be a wild card. A wild card. So if the jack is what you're... If what you're looking for, maybe you're playing yeah. a blackjack or but whatever. But if you've got but... pocket aces in right, what, right. and you get a joker. Aces would have been better. Ace, yeah. Aces would have been better. So, I like where you're at. In, now, what game, in, what, in what card game are we using the joker? Monopoly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, like, back alley bridge, bridge. I, I, I See, I don't know. I've, I'm, never, I've never played with the joker that, that I recall. Not, it's, not, it's, not a common, it's not a common card that, yeah. I've, that I've played with when I've played cards. Right. It's, I think if you're, get, if you're thinking, it's just if a thinking card games, you're going... Poker, blackjack five card, five are your dead. big, so I right? Guess what it's and saying. so in all those, you don't, the Jokers, you only use the Joker if you're missing the seven of diamonds, right? And you're okay, like, yeah, this, this Joker's a seven of diamonds. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. yeah. So I, that doesn't, I that, I've never had a problem so that, with that. that doesn't bother you. Okay. Yeah. So I, I like the song. I, I enjoy the song. I love the lyric. I do. I, I don't think, going back and looking at it in preparation for the podcast with the JP assignment, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's a well-written song. Really? Now, for, I have to admit, I wasn't going to, I decided I was not going to admit this on the uh, podcast. Okay. And then I recently heard an episode where you, uh, like, misheard a lyric live yeah. <laughs> during the podcast. Yeah. So um, so I'll admit that I have misheard this lyric 
every time, I, like forever. Really? Until prep for prep for this. It's blue on the, black. Yeah. Blue, <laughs> see, see, it changes everything. What the, lyric? The the, the, uh, the very first line. Night falls and I'm alone. Uh huh. Well, let me let me say that I, I hadn't really listened to the Five Finger Death Punch because it's very clear. Yeah. In the Five Finger Death. Yes, punch. his vocal. It's, it's very clear. Um, and I, I kind of knew that version was out there, but I hadn't paid it much attention. Yeah. Uh, but I had, I had never read the lyric, and I just thought the lyric was "Night falls down the road." Okay. Down the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that that's just always and because I, I, and I would visualize it like a shadow. Uh-huh. Falling down the road. Okay. But, um, First time I heard the lyric, yeah. I thought it was lights fall and I'm alone. Really? Like he steps out on stage, lights, boom. Oh, and oh, I'm all yeah. by myself. Yeah. Wow. Empty venue. Wow. I yeah. uh, I don't think it's a well written song. That was short lived. Lyrically. Uh, because, did y'all read any about how they came up with the idea for the lyric? I did. Yeah. yeah. Kenny's wearing t-shirt. a blue and black shirt. Yeah. yeah. And so, the, hey, you know, if you pour blue into black, it dissolves and black overtakes. Right, black which, overtakes. I, I, the, yeah. yeah. Which I get it. Okay, I get the concept. Cool. And I'm fine with, with the chorus. I like it. I, I get the that, that futility, mm-hmm. right? That effort of futility. But I think the verses, and there's only two of them, um, they contradict each other. They don't make sense. Uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd says... Robbie's a writer, for those of you guys. Right. He's a, he actually wrote a Not novel. Not only a protector of the people, but That's also right. a writer. <laughs> writer. I don't know if I can find it uh, real quick, but he... Uh, I just don't think the verses... I don't think they're telling the same story. Hmm. And there's a lot that people brag about in uh, how how vague they are mm-hmm. that, that they are vague and you can make them mean anything right i can't stand that <laughs> you want to know the point I, I, I can't stand that and i mean because uh, so if if it's vague right if the song is vague and it's about uh it could be the loss of this mm-hmm. it could be the loss of that it could be that this other missing thing right okay well no that needs to be a song about loss mm-hmm. specifically and that should be clear okay and then that's a well-written song uh-huh. uh, or it's specifically a song about this about a broken relationship or specifically a song about death or specifically a song about not forgiving someone, not a song that could be about, about any anything. one of those things. It's whatever you bring to the table, right? Okay. So uh, so that's what I don't like about it, It's a lazy song if you don't make a point. It's, it's, like it's you, lyrically lazy. Lyrically yeah, lazy. yeah, it's it's lyrically lazy. They, and so, <laughs> so night falls and I'm alone, skin chills me to the bone. Okay, that line, I think they're just going for like a skin and bones. Maybe, you know, that, yeah. th- those two words sound because what about yeah. skin chills you to the bone? I, yeah, I think it may be like basically I I get a chill like night falls. Uh-huh. I'm here by myself and my and my might have been better to phrase it like my skin is chilled to the bone or something right, like that. Right. But yeah, right. I get what you're saying. Okay, right. So uh, <clears throat> night falls. I'm alone. Skill skin chills to the bone. Uh, you turned and you ran. Slipped right out of my hand, right? That's so actually, first, so oh, first, slip. Right. Oh, so the first yeah. verse is clearly about somebody leaving him that he doesn't want to leave. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, so, and the, the chorus doesn't really address that necessarily. It's more, you have to kind of like... No, the chorus, I think the chorus addresses the, the, it fine. The, the chorus is about futility. you got to get right? to the end, right? It's like, I can't do anything to bring you back. You're right. It's basically the, just, the gist of the chorus. Right. Anything I can do is, is the same as Blue on Black, Tears on right. the River, etc. You're right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But let's go to the second verse. Okay. Um, he's blind, but now he sees. Uh-huh. Truth lies and in between. Uh-huh. Uh, wrongs that can't be undone. Yeah. Slipped from the tip of your tongue. Hmm. 
Should have been mine. Yes, unless we're telling two different stories and the two different verses, because now the now the speaker is the one who was wronged. Right. Right. Because yeah. he was lied to. Yeah. Or deceived or, or something. Yeah. Right. Okay. So in the first Wait. in the first verse, somebody done left him. Yeah. And. He can't do anything to bring him back. Hmm. Poor fella. He's got the blues. <laughs> Poor fella, that's right. Right? Yeah. yeah. In the second verse, oh, now I see you're a lying piece of parent. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that wrong can't be undone. You said it. Hmm. You said it. And I just don't, I just don't. We love this song. I, I, I don't <laughs> feel like, I don't feel like it works well together. I don't. Well. I do love the song. I do love the song. <laughs> the only thing, it's funny that we're talking about things we don't really particularly enjoy. I've listened to this a million and two times, uh, the two times being right before the show. Uh-huh. And I was, li- I feel like it could have stopped at minute 430. I feel like they added an unneeded chorus. I feel, I normally don't say that. And then I like, I wonder if they wanted to make it a little longer to, cause blues songs are long, mm-hmm. you know, and they wanted it to have that. Are you talking about after the, the guitar lick boom? When, when, y'all, when y'all are listening, there's a big chorus at, there's like multiple big choruses at the end. Uh-huh. I think they could have gotten away without the last one and okay. it still would have ended huge. Hmm. That's the only takeaway I would have said. Okay. But a great song. Okay. Thank what you're doing, Kenny Wayne. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks for clearing up who played on this album. Right. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, before we're finished, let's talk quickly about the the uh, Five Finger Death Punch cover because it's kind of become a big deal. Um, so they released a version in 2018 that was basically a Five Finger Death Punch version, right? Okay. Um, and it had a video and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then in 2019, I think it was in April this year, they released a new version that was their version plus – Kenny Wayne Shepherd guesting on guitar. First solo and Brian May. And Brian May on the second solo, which really kind of raises the rent. Uh, and then Brantley Gilbert, country artist on vocals, who's also a big fan of the song and apparently covers it live and whatever. And I don't really I don't really know the guy, but um and his his voice doesn't really fit the rest of the vibe of the song. It's a very it's you know, it's a very it's a much harder rock sound for this one, you know. Um but um, let's play a little bit of it, and then we'll talk just a little bit about it. And, I, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, but this is a really easy song. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can... A night very simple. This He loses me here. Falls right here. And I'm alone. I'm already out, okay? <laughs> I'm already out on, the, on that. But then I'm, I'm like, okay, you can get me back. Nope, I'm back out. (laughs) (laughs) I like that they come in big early. Because it's five finger death. Yeah, I think it's just the. I don't like the the heavy rock trope vocals, I think it just gets me. It, I think that's what pulls me out every time. If it was an instrumental track, I think I'd be okay. But then this takes me straight out again, the yeah. I don't mind it. No, I thanks. Don't, I don't mind it either. I really? I don't mind it either. No way, man. Man, I, it's hard for me to give this this cover a fair shake. Yeah. I give it bonus points. I give it way too okay. much credit. Yeah, okay. I, I, it's, it's like the Justice League movie. I don't care how bad it sucks, I love it. Okay, alright. All right. I see that. I see that as somebody who loves the Justice League movie also. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay, so here's Kenny. Basically a cover of his original solo, kind of, for the most part. So, 
then they go through. They, they've got more, and then at the end, you get Brian May who comes in and plays a solo and adds some like sort of signature harmonic mm-hmm. stuff in there. You know, like harmonizing with himself, and that's cool. It's nothing mind blowing, but it's stinking cool to have Brian May on it, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like he he is. Um, reaching that thing where he's like um he's like living legend status you know what i'm saying where he's almost godlike to people now he got mm-hmm. a jump from the movie obviously that put him back on people's radar right. yeah when and bohemian rhapsody came out right and it's just a it's just a he's like another level of icon at this point to me i wouldn't have pictured him as the guest on this song no it seems so out of place well, I, 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 think they, I think i think they need song? no i think they needed an international tie in cuz uh. see the original Five Finger Death Punch cover was just them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they did the recut with they did the recut with uh, with all their uh, everybody else to come in, right? Right. Yeah. Because it's a first responder Correct. thing, and that's why I, it gets bonus points for me. Yes. All okay. right. So the video for uh, for this version of the cover, it's all the glory shots of mm-hmm. the first responders and right. fire police and EMS and, and all the, the proceeds the, from this the version. Police funerals, yeah. yes, went to the, the Gary Sinise uh, Foundation that that uh, supports first responders and families. Yes, yes, yeah. and so and they say on there, you know, you can uh, you can donate, donate. directly. That's www.garysinisefoundation.org, I believe. So, yeah, so there, and there's, you know, so that speaks to, that hits me in the field. Sure. That Mm -hmm. hits me in the thin blue line fields, which, (laughs) okay, the thin blue line logo, the symbol, the the insignia, right? Uh How police officers identify themselves to each other Mm -hmm. uh, via bumper sticker or T-shirt or, you know, whatever. And it has become more and more and more popular as millennials have entered the trade. Uh Sure. (laughs) And they're putting the thin blue line on everything. So how would you describe the – do you know what the symbol I'm talking about? Sure. Uh, How would you describe that? I mean, it's sort of flag-shaped with – like it's black and you've got a – (gasps) Oh my god! Oh yeah! I literally just walked right into that. I saw it happen. I watched it happen firsthand. That was was incredibly done. That was you set that trap expertly. Oh, I, I was man. going someplace completely different too. I watched it happen. I was thinking like in my head like, well, <laughs> and then I got, you got about halfway through it, and I was like, this is happening. <laughs> Thanks again, Robbie. Oh wow, that, that was, was amazing. That, that was, was incredible. So I just think all that's really cool. Yeah, yeah that, that that. Do you think that's that how was, they had the idea of, think, of making it a first responder thing? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that might have been why they picked this because the song lyrically has nothing to sure. do yeah. with anything related to Night first, first responder. Falls right. and so, I'm a cop. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, but but I, I think just the the title is what is what is so maybe because yeah. they're, they're a very That's good. I've never made that connection. No, uh, Five Finger Death Punch is a very pro uh, first responder, pro military uh, band, uh-huh. and so they do stuff like that. Yeah, and so they covered this song, and I don't know, I don't know, it's Chicken or the Egg. I don't know which came first, the the that tie in with the title of the song, or wanting to do something right. Uh, that, that, you know, but it, it's. And, it, it's 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 a forest, dude. I'm it's s- kind of a. I'm so glad we picked this song yeah. instead of King's Highway. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> no, with no. you well, on here, Robbie. I mentioned That's to so people good. at work before I headed in that I was coming in to do this, and I had the song pulled up, and they're like, "Oh, yeah." And they need a cop's perspective, right? I was like, "Yeah, you don't even know. <laughs> that, 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 even that's completely that. accidental." Yeah, oh, man, yeah, that's but, so cool. So, but a lot of cops like this song because they 
Yeah. They, they're oh, they're not even familiar with the uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd version. Yeah. They know that it exists. Yeah. Good but this, this is one of those Five Finger Death Punch songs. Yeah. And it's so, like a rally cry, right? Like a, yeah. like a yes. anthem, sort of. And so oh. is... Uh, Especially the younger, like you said. Yes, the yes, younger the younger. And Gosh, that makes well, perfect well, sense. And so is Bad Company. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Bad Company cover uh-huh. uh, from Five Finger Death Punch. Because yeah. if you go on YouTube, and there's one video in particular. I looked for it today, and I couldn't find it. Uh, there's The canine version is still out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are police tribute videos, police motivation videos. Uh, they're out there, so they take hard rock songs or sentimental songs or whatever. Right. And they're they're played over different, uh, like, foot pursuit videos, uh, police fight videos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of like that, like, getting yourself ready, pumped up, don't get uh, uh, complacent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a dangerous job. Keep your head in the game. This is what we do. Thin blue line, rah, 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 you know, all yeah. those type of videos. So one of those very popular videos was set to Bad Company. Bad Company. Oh, yeah. 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 And it was, it was, it, it starts. But not the bad, but the Five Finger Death Punch. The Five Finger Death yeah, Punch version, because it starts off with this cop watching around the corner. And right on that first hit, some dude runs around the corner and they tackle him. And it's, mm. it's perfectly, I don't know who did the video, <laughs> but, but that started to elevate uh, five Finger Death Punch in the law enforcement community, okay. at least the the ones that watch uh, YouTube. Sure. And so, and Five Finger Death Punch was always kind of very pro-military, which lent itself military law enforcement tie-in. Yeah. And so then they do Blue, Blue on, on Black. Black. Man. Man, that's yeah. so good. Well, I'm going to tie it Genius. in, not near as good, but the interview that we're about to do is with Jimmy Wallace, who's on tour with Joe Walsh and... Bad company. Bad company. Yeah. How about that? How crazy is that? That's, That's great. awesome. Good wow. <laughs> Full circle. The circle of life. The circle of blues. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay. I have one more note, just a, just a simple note. And we were going to get into a discussion about what is it about the blues. I, I, I know we got other stuff we got to get to, but 10 seconds. What is it about the blues that makes it always listenable, always fresh? It's the same four chord, uh, I mean, three chord progression, 12 bars. It's the same thing every time, right? Yeah. But it never yeah. gets old. 10 seconds. Why? It's a primitive. Uh, it's a primitive thing. There's something about those notes. It's primitive. It's 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 not uh, intellectual. It's yeah. just it, those notes in that order, uh, to that rhythm or to that rhythm pattern. It triggers something universal. Yeah, and I, I would agree. It's something soulful that yeah, is like yeah. in, almost instinctively like built in that just grabs you. And I think it and it and it obviously has its roots in early uh, like gospel you know what i mean and from uh songs that songs that are based in hardship you know what i mean and yeah. um so there's there's something instinctive even if you didn't come from that yep that grabs you i think anybody that listens to blues immediately goes back to a certain place or time in their life hmm. like it takes them back when you listen to it mine goes back to the time with you guys because right. we were in a blues band together and i feel like anybody that listens to it they feel it, and they go back to a place in their life that's relatable. That's true. So. It, it, you can you, on everybody's a primal experienced. level. It feels good. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, feels it's just, good. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Okay, I got one one last thing here because I said this is maybe the simplest, one of the simplest songs that's a hit that you could possibly learn. Right? It's three mm-hmm. chords. It's a D chord, but not even with a third. Yeah. Right? It's just a it's just a D five chord, and then a C, and then a G over, over B, B, and then a, like a G. Okay, so it's it's three chords, and the 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 different chord is an A. So yeah, it's like, <laughs> right. That's true. It's that's, got yeah. one other chord. That's, yes, yeah. that's at the very end of the chorus. Um, so I was trying to just think about the simplest hit rock songs that I could possibly come across. So I've got a few here. If you have any others, hit me. But just songs that are so simple, incredibly simple, but were big hits. Okay. So I'm going to go first. Knocking on heaven's door. 
Okay, the Bob Dylan version because the Guns N' Roses version is god awful. Uh, Louie Louie by yeah, uh, uh, is that the Animals or is that the Trogs or the Turtles? I get them all. Pharaoh, all the Pharaoh, all, whoever. Yeah, Louie Louie. It's three chords. Bump bump bump. Right, and by the way, that third chord is minor. If you're out there and you're trying to think of a cover, Louis Louis, make sure that five chord is minor, not major. Okay, just do yourself a service. Um, Smells like Teen Spirit is the yeah. it was was the cutoff for me. Mm-hmm. If it's harder than Smells Like Teen Spirit, it doesn't belong in the list. Okay. It's four chords, bar chords. That's it, the whole song. Right. Okay. Um, how about Feeling All Right, Joe Cocker? It's two chords. Feeling All Right, it's just a one four, one four, one four. Um, and then the last one I can think of was uh, A Horse With No Name by yeah, America. America, right? E minor D. Two chords. E minor and D. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't prepare a list, so I was just trying to think off the top of my head. Too easy. Time of Your Life by Green Day. Yeah. Cake. Three, any three chords. Any four chords. Yeah. Four feet. And then La Bamba. Oh, yeah. That's another three quarter. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and anyway, anyway, that's just something. But the blues is so simple. It's three chords yeah. always if, if for a traditional blues song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've got obviously branches out, you know, into the, but the, but the core of the blues is three chords, 12 bars always. And, and it, but, and it's always awesome. It always feels good. It never gets old. Mm-hmm. Um, so yay for the blues. Anyway, yay for us. Yay for Robbie. How about that? Oh my gosh, I can't over that was that perspective, that insight was amazing. It literally just exploded my brain. I felt my eyes getting bigger. I was like, this is happening right now. And thank uh, y'all for hanging out with us. Uh, hang around and hear uh hear Jimmy Wallace. Absolutely. We got Jimmy Wallace coming up next. And uh as always, join us on the uh Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash great song pod, or just search for great songs and the great people who love them greatly. Uh hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Great Song Pod, and you can always find Merch, archives, and more at greatsongpod.com. And right now, we're going to take it away to the keyboard player and organist for the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band, Mr. Jimmy Wallace. Podcast. Ladies and gents, we are talking to the one and only Jimmy Wallace, uh, keys for the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band and many, many others. Uh, we'll get, uh, get some input from him on, on some of his career highlights. Uh, but we're so pleased, Jimmy, to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we can't wait to, to get a chat with you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, let's talk uh, first a little bit. Let's tell a little bit. Uh, tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Give us some of your folks that you've worked with that they might know, projects that you've been a part of, um, so that they get an idea of kind of your uh, your space in the industry. Okay, got it. Um, well, I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana, where obviously where where Kenny Wayne Shepherd is from, <clears throat> and. Kind of after all that, I, I branched out and um, went on to play with uh, this girl in Dia Davenport, who who was kind of in a pop hip hop world, like went from blues, went <laughs> totally the other direction. And, you know, uh, just kind of branched out and uh, ended up moving to nashville and then from from there you know i I play with uh the wallflowers with um you know the band from from the 90s and i uh i play with joe walsh uh, when he does when he does his solo stuff i play i do stuff with jewel i do um i do lots of studio work in town and i you know i i write songs and and written some some songs for um, um, one of my good friends, Bonnie Bishop, and um, had some Americana and kind of gospel stuff get recorded, which is great. Um, And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do now. And, and uh, 
you know, I'm still, Kenny and I are still buddies. As a matter of fact, I played a cruise with him a couple years ago. Uh, it was one of those blues crews and like Taj, uh, Kenny was headlining and with uh, Taj Mahal. And um, so, yeah, I'm sure I'm leaving stuff out, but you know, it's this is a 25 year journey. Yeah. <laughs> those are some pretty good bullet points. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's all started though from the Shreveport thing and and you know becoming friends with Kenny at you know he was a teenager and I was just you know I was in college when when we met and his dad asked uh he came up to a blues jam and and um I was actually going to school here in Murfreesboro for recording industry management came home to Shreveport for summer because I didn't want to stay there and ended up playing at this club called shooters and, or bar. It was more of like a dive bar with, you know, and him and his dad came in and he was like, Hey, can my son come jam? I'm like, yeah, get, get him up there. And next thing you know, it was like, Hey, you want to come over? And we, you know, and his dad was a, a, a program director for a pop station in town. So Part of me kind of I had a feeling. I was like, man, this this might go somewhere, but um, but that's where it all sort of you know from that um opportunity. That's kind of where where I was able to to branch out and and um yeah, it's was, it was a good very cool good, it's a- com- good good combination of of events. I guess yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of a serendipitous uh, you know meeting there. That's very cool. Um, Absolutely. So, tell me a little bit about. Uh, um, tell me a little bit about uh, a, a blues uh, playing on a cruise. I'm I'm pretty fascinated actually by um, by cruise life for musicians. So, like, you're on a blues cruise. You're playing, you know, what one or two sets a night, maybe something like that. And then and then the rest of the day, what's it look like? Do they do you practice somewhere? Well, Is there like a secret area no, for musicians? The, no. Well, for for these kind of cruises, you're you're. You so everybody that's on the sh- boat is there to see music, right? Um, and they have stages set up in the, you know, in the different places, in the different lounges, and outside big stage on, of the boat or the ship, I should say. And so, you know, and of course, w- when we did this with Kenny, and I've done, I've done them. A couple others with another band that I'm a part of in Nashville. So they're all similar, but you know the the, the people there buy you know spend the money buy the tickets and they're there to see you know these bands and then especially if you're a headliner like Kenny and Taj Mahal were the headliners. So honestly, we played two shows on a five. I think it was a five day cruise. I don't think it was. Some of them are a week. Some of them are five night so um and it might have been seven i can't remember but yeah we only played um two two big shows and we might have rehearsed a little bit for our sound check that's it i mean a lot of these songs were like with kenny you know i i played on so I, i knew but then he had some new stuff that that i you know i just did my my homework and you know and and got up there and and play. I mean, that's what I'm, that's one of my gifts. So I can just kind of hop up there and, and, and go with it. But that's it. That that's, you know, they don't, you don't, the goal is not to work 
too hard. <laughs> right. It, you know, and you might play, it might be a 75 minutes set at the most. This is one set, you know, for, cause yeah. you know, you don't want to, you want to wear the people out because right. there's so many other acts, but that, that's the, the gist of it. Very cool. That's awesome. I uh, hope to try it myself someday. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I've got an interesting question and we've been talking about this on the show, uh, just kind of about the blues in general. Um, and in particular as a, as a keyboard and, and organ guy, um, what is it in, in your opinion, what is it about the blues that keeps it interesting after all this time, right? It's, it's, it's a hundred years old as an art form. Similar progressions. Uh, it's, it's the it's, same. Yeah. yeah. It's the same progressions, you know, a hundred times per song and, and, you know, however many songs per record and per concert. And it, but it, it always maintains this sense of excitement and it always feels fresh, even though everybody knows what's coming. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, the blues is not a surprise anymore. So what is it that keeps right. people coming back to, to the blues? Well, I think because it it's it is an open art form. You know, you you have songs, and especially like here in Nashville, you got the songwriting factory, and there you know you got bridges, verse, or you know a verse, uh, chorus, then a verse, bridge, double chorus. You know what I mean? And, right. and with the blues, one thing you've got you the the more raw it is, the the better. The the less you know. Perfection is overrated. If, if right. someone said, hey, man, that sounds perfect, you better recut it. <laughs> we need to sloppy that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and for me, and everybody has their own, um, you know, idea of that. But for me, that it, it's the fact that it is such a, a, a loose, um, that you can, uh, you know, you have the, you know, improv being able to improv is an art in itself and i think with blues um for me musically that's what it's about and then it just can morph into something else and of course you know the lyrics are are a part of it too it's all as to me it's all equally important you know you know i i feel like today's a lot of depending on the 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 genre people sometimes will get a little too put too much emphasis on the lyrics and not enough on how that works musically hmm. that's so and funny because rob always says the last thing he listens to in each song is the lyric that's true. an on running joke that we make on our on our show so you'll tie in tie in well with his point on that yeah i would, I would agree yeah, yeah because it's 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 for me it's like that's not what, to me, that's not what pulls you in. That's like me, you know, it's like if I had this beautiful lyrical composition and I just started, you know, uh, reciting it right now, I feel like as human beings in our short attention spans, you would get bored with that. Even if it was like, wow, those are cool words. (laughs) But I I feel, but still, I just feel like, you know, it's all, it's all got to swirl together and make like a big, gumbo you know right and and uh, and i for me i think that's the attraction but in the rawness of the tones and there's no like you know if you want to take an old you know freaking 
whatever fender twin or whatever you know deluxe reverb and and crank every knob wide open and stick a you know a cheap mic on it and record it it's probably and, and play blues it's gonna sound freaking cool right yeah strat into amp with mic it's there like fine yeah that's good you know um you know who are uh, who, me and me and Rob are big blues fans. We we actually played in a blues band when we were in college a long time ago. Um, who who are your inspirations? Like who do you who did you grow up listening to? We kind of cut our teeth as blues musicians with this project and things like that. Obviously, we played older blues, but a lot of the newer blues was was something that we really enjoyed. Who did you listen to, and who are your inspirations? Well, what's funny about that is. Me and my, I I have two brothers, and my oldest brother has is you know super smart. My middle brother is a great guitar player, and I thought you were going to say my middle brother's an idiot. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, that's that leans more towards me. I think. <laughs> no, no, they're they're but but David actually <clears throat> plays. He's he plays guitar with. Um, Jake Owen, who's a country oh, artist. Cool. Wait, is his but name David he, Wallace? David Wallace. Oh yeah, my that's gosh, my from The Office, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly, right? <laughs> and it's pretty funny. But uh, anyway, my point is like we, you know, our parents weren't necessarily. They loved music, but they weren't the. They didn't, you know, supply us with a lot of that knowledge. We kind of had to. We, we had to find it ourselves. So I, I grew up. I, playing piano i played class i started playing classical okay and that's where i got my start but then you know i discovered you know the almond brothers and, and, <laughs> and, and i went to kind of like through all this you know I, but i even played um sorry i got this puppies like pulling on my shoe right now <laughs> uh, um and all the girls yeah. on our podcast that listen are like, oh, oh puppy. he's got a yeah. puppy. Yeah, I know. Right? Thank you for that. You just got some, oh, some... She's just like tearing up my shoes right now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I even well, I've lost my train of uh, thought. Um, the Allman Brothers. It was, uh... Yeah, Allman Brothers, <laughs> yeah, Leonard Skinner, all that stuff, which, you know, like, okay, well, that's pretty middle of the road. That's But then, and then I got into... I kind of started digging a little deeper and got into, um, uh, you know, the the deep Ray Charles, the, uh, deep cuts Ray Charles, and 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 you know, gravitated toward the the, the piano organ guys, you know, um, Billy Preston, um, Otis um, Otis Fan, um, who else? Man, and you know, and and at that time it was just get you know you could still play right you know you were still playing albums but of course you know cassettes as well right right um, but it, it just kind of morphed and then and then when you know by the by my early right out of high school and then that's when i started digging into the the the, the blues and with with you know the albert king albert collins mm-hmm. the three kings and you know lightning hopkins and all that stuff and yeah it you know um you might want to edit this but i'm trying to think of the who's the the floyd kramer oh yeah i I was even like like trying to 
play that stuff and just play play whatever I could and you know, listen to it and then just kind of take it out and and go from there. But very cool. That, that's some of the some of them. That's awesome. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit? And I know it's been we we you know we mentioned it was 22 years ago at this point that you were recording the Trouble Is album with the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band. Uh, but can you just give us a, a little sense of what that felt like, how that went? Uh, or even a you know uh, memories from from recording that album. Well, the the so the first you know the first record we did was Lead Better Lead Better Heights, right? Which we love which, as well. Which is great, and that was um, you know Lead Better Heights was a neighborhood in Shreveport that was pretty poverty stricken. It just you know it was one of those places that just hadn't changed since you know the early 1900s i mean and, and it was just all these old shacks and people were still living in them um and it was all named after hootie uh or hootie ledbetter h-u-d-i-e you know which lead belly is what they called them you yeah. know the, the the king of the uh 12 string blues guitar anyway but we, uh, we, that first record, we started recording in like 94 and we recorded it in Memphis. And, and it was kind of when you, we had a big recording budget and, and what a killer experience. And then, you know, we end up touring that and, and I'm, I'm fast forwarding so we can get to the, the trouble is it had blue and black, but, but it was good to kind of get that under our belt. And, and then we, what's funny is we had with Kenny, we had a, a singer, a different guy singing for, for the, um, Lead Better Heights. Yeah. And we're, we're the day we're getting ready to fly to, we, so Jerry Harrison had signed on and Jerry Harrison played keyboards for the Talking Heads and, but was producing a lot of cool music at the time. In the you know this is ninety six ninety seven I think maybe early ninety seven, and the day we're getting ready to fly out to um, Sausalito or San Francisco to do this record at the record plant, uh, this guy uh, quit the singer and say I'm not going. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was like really wow, you know, which was kind of yeah. So it just set everything back a, a, a few months, and then we had to kind of lay low and, and and you know it was and that's when noah hunt enters the pitch the the pitcher who yeah. is still you know sings with kenny and kenny's singing now a lot too and he's sounding pretty good um and so you know after we 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 do all that we you know we he's the guy we we bonded and rehearsed and all that then we you know it was time to, to go out there and, and record the record. And, and, you know, I think Kenny and Noah are out there like a month or so. I was out there a couple of weeks and, and we just, you know, worked, worked and played. We had, had a great time <laughs> out there and, uh, and Sausalito and we, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty, a pretty easy process. I mean, I remember it not being, like grueling it was like we'd just go out there we'd get songs into a few takes and it was like okay cool 
The market you know, professionals, was, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was it. What we're it was it was a, a cool experience. Uh, you know, um, sometimes when it clicks, it just clicks. And you, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but with, with blue and black, I remember playing. You know, thinking, well, this song's okay. I'm like, I I, <laughs> I, 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 I had no idea at the time that it would do what it did, and. You know, and it's such a simple progression, and it's like I, you know, I'm playing Rhodes on it, and I'm playing some organ, but it's like you're not going to hear a lot. It, it, it doesn't, you know, it's all, all obviously all about kind of the the guitar and. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your gear. I'm glad you mentioned that you played, you know, Fender Rhodes on. It. I know you're a big Nord guy now. I was going to see if you could remember everything that you put the not everything, but the majority of the equipment that you used on the album. Yeah, uh, mainly on that. Um, and in the Nord, I only use a Nord because it's because it's for me it simulates a Rhodes and a Whirly uh-huh. uh, the best way, better than any other keyboard. So so if I go on tour, you know I always have a Hammond with a Leslie or two Leslies everywhere I go. That's just what I do. That's part of it. Sure, but sure. it's it's too much. There's too much maintenance involved with a Rhodes and a Whirly to carry on a tour, but in the studio, you know, obviously they, they have those, that, that, you know, the, the real instruments there and I just use that. And, and I have all this stuff at home, you know, but, and that's kind of what the, the Nord works out. But if I, if I have the real thing, that's what I want to play. But, but on that record I used for blue and black, I had I used a, a Fender Rhodes stage. I think it was, um, you know, it had the, the stereo panning thing on it, but yeah. I didn't, I don't think I used that option on it. I just, um, it was like a stage 73, I think. And then, uh, and then just like a Hammond B3. Very cool. You know, and, and that was pretty much, I, I, I'm, there may have been some piano tracks hidden in there. We're just kind of doing some like chimey kind of things. Right. And, and we did that. I remember doing that there at, at the record plant, but uh, after the song, after the record was out, and it was, you know, kind of blowing up and getting some some legs and traction and stuff, we met Jerry Harrison in Nashville, and we cut a triple A version of it at Oceanway. The first year Oceanway was open here in Nashville, like the same. Either I think at the end of that year, really. And we did another version of it. Um, we used some of the same tracks, you know, they sent the reels, but we just kind of added percussion and I played even more, put more things on it. And every now and then I'll hear that version too. It's, it's, yeah, every, I'm going to have to go search that one out. I was unaware of that. Yeah. Tri- it was a triple A version of, 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 of blue on black and, and, you know, and I remember what was cool about that. We were doing a, a piano part and me and Jerry were recorded both. He, we were both sitting at the piano bench and like, you know, he was playing the low part and I was playing the high part. Nice. That's cool. Kind of fun, you know, it was That's like awesome. whatever. Well, we know yeah. we've taken a, quite a bit of your time, but a couple quick questions. Yeah, I'll no ask, problem. Um, two questions. One question I ask everyone. Okay. You're okay. on tour. You go into a gas station. What's your gas station food? What's your snack food? What's your? Do you get a Coke? Do you get a bag of chips? What do you get? Oh man, 
Honestly, what 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 I've been into lately is usually like if we're on tour and we're on bu- and buses and stuff, we usually have everything you want in there. But you know what? I, we'll go in there and if it's got a claw machine, <laughs> yes. we have we'll sit there and play claw until somebody wins. Somebody wins something <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it, it's it, that, or we'll go in and we'll put on we'll try on truck the truck stop clothing oh, you dude, know, yeah. the camo sleeve, you know sleeveless shirts and we're like okay i'm gonna rock this and just just get stupid that's great dude, that's great that's awesome uh one, yeah. one last question that i have i don't know if rob has anything what you're what advice would you give to supporting musicians like don't take this the wrong way but you're normally not the guy on stage you know you play oh, yeah, with yeah. kenny wayne shepherd you play with joe walsh you know but you get all these big acts and you're asked what advice do you have to them to keep getting asked or to, to, to be that, that role? Well, a lot of it is, you, you know, you, you gotta be cool. You can't, you know, you gotta be kind of easy to hang with and, 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 you know, it helps to have tough skin, but you know, also at the same time, don't, you know, don't take any, abuse from from anybody you know you got to kind of stand your your ground but but you know and just um you just be pro do your you know kind of know know your place but but also be better than everybody else i know that that's that's the thing it's like have the chops right (laughs) you have to be if you don't think you're better than and and i don't mean this in a uh but you got to know is like you bring something that not too many uh, there's not a lot of other people can bring that's that's your that's your leverage that's your you know it's like yeah there's other guys out there but they're but i do it better yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. there's a there's a place for confidence that's for sure absolutely you know and i do you know i do stuff i did a record seven or eight years ago i like what's funny is i'm you know i've never really wanted to be the front guy i've always wanted to be in a band yeah yeah, and, and that and it's hard these days to do that. Just the way the business is set up, so it's like for me in my career, I ended up being more working more as a musician. You know, backing being in in somebody's band like Joe Walsh or or Wallflowers or whatever, and being totally happy with that because I'm working. And the thing is, I've you know, as an artist, you might have a small, you might have a five year window where you say you had some hits, okay, and you made some money, great. Here's the deal. It ain't going to last forever. Right. You know, eventually you're going to be doing the casino, you know, end of career tour. And guys like like me, I'm still going to be working and playing with, with you know, when, you know, I can, I can just keep doing what I do and and do that until I'm, you know, 80 years old or, right. or can't travel anymore. Yeah. Anyway, you'll always be, yeah, you'll always be an asset, which is, you know, you'll always be ne- needed and necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's true. It's like, like Dan Auerbach right now is using and, and when he does stuff on his own, he's using like some of the old Memphis boys, like guys that are, you know, in their seventies and, and because they're, awesome still right and and you know and i love that he's doing that a lot of these guys are are, you know i'm friends with and 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 know and you know and i'm like 
freaking great. That's fantastic. Well, you're our kind of people. When we go to a show, I watch your role. Like everybody watches the headliner, obviously that gets that, but we are both fans of supporting musicians. Thank you so much for taking some time to come on and, and hang out with us a little bit. Yeah. And, Absolutely. Uh, and we wish you best. Is there anything that you have going on right now that you want to tell the people about that you'd like to plug? Anything that you've written, played on? Well, um, there's a couple things. I, I just did a record with my friend. Um, her name is Bonnie Bishop. And we've written, she's done many records over the years, but she just did a record that uh, Steve Jordan produced and i went and, and played on it and went to brooklyn and recorded with steve and, and he played on it and produced it and it's coming out like october um nice. i'm off and i'm also started a band as a like kind of a funk trio organ trio with um, a couple of guys from the wallflowers um, drummer lynn williams and and stanton edward on guitar and we call it wet sugar Wet sugar, <laughs> and, and it's totally. And I'm bringing, and, and it's all like some of the, you know, right now it's early stages, but we're gonna do AP and, and do some some things, and we're um, and it's and I'm actually playing, doing the bass, and um, oh nice, oh cool, organ. So it's it's and I bring, I have this chopped Hammond M3 organ that I'll I'll use in with a Leslie, and and that's it. It's just organ, drums, guitar. Nice, and it's it's you know and I sing some not on every song we some a lot of it's instrumental but yeah you know, it's kind of half and half. Very cool. But we yeah. don't. I wish we, we don't have anything out yet. But that's we'll be that's on the lookout for you. Yeah, we'll little fun fun project. And this may drop. Obviously, we're recording a little earlier, yeah. um, so we'll we, drop this a little later than when we record it. Probably around the time uh, some of that stuff's coming out. So we'll make sure that the people get a good listen to cool. it. Cool um thanks again for for the time we appreciate it every time we dominate the claw machine at a gas station (laughs) we'll be like we beat jimmy to the punch on this one that's right well awesome thanks again man we appreciate your time jimmy okay take care see you bye 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 podcast Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jimmy Wallace. Uh, thanks so much again for his time. Thanks so much for your time. And this has been a really fun episode. Uh, we got to do this more. We're going to have to do this more than like two seasons in the future. We're going to have to you know, <laughs> make this happen more often. Uh, man, one of our best friends in the world, Robbie Wade, in the studio with us, the, the, the legend, the, the living <laughs> legend of tone and blues ferocity in the studio with us, and now out there protecting the people. That's right. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. Uh, Robbie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank Hope- you all for having me. I, I, I enjoy doing the show. We listen to it in the car a lot, me and Trip, my kid Trip. He just turned four. Yeah. Uh, he likes the jingle. He likes the Meet the Band jingle. He'll clap along to the Meet the Band jingle. Yes. Uh, Trip, this is another one. This is me. It really is me. It's not me in the driver's seat. This is actually oh, me coming cool. through the speakers <laughs> right awesome. now. Uh, so have a good day at daycare, unless this is at the end of the day and then i hope you had a good day just have a good day just have a good day trip Trip, have a good day we'll be back next week with another amazing song and uh some stupid coverage that we can come up with and i don't know we'll have a lot of fun until then i'm rob i'm jp go listen to some music